Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday evening, the Friday the 18th of August. I'm Sam N. Hennett, joined, of course, by Jerry Inn, Liam Cole and Jason Evans. Good evening to you. Now, we've all had a couple of days to recover, um, and I think we're still still a bit sore and a bit beaten up from the uh, Matildas' loss to England in the semi-final. But uh, I thought we, we should start off with that, and uh, it's nothing but... A proudness that emulates for me and uh, being one as a country it's it's it definitely was a special moment that we're not going to forget about um, anytime soon it's going to be a massive change of football in Australia um, and just want to congratulate the efforts of the Matildas because everyone got around it and I mean everyone people that Break have records. never watched soccer before um, it's, it's just impressive and it actually made me a bit emotional the other night when I was sitting there at the game because I'm very passionate about this sport and want it to be so successful in this country along with my other favourite sports um, but it definitely was uh, a significant, significant point in our lifetime which will you know, remember this moment from there on where sport um, and women's sport in particular hit the front um, and uh, was massive. The rough estimate in total viewership was about 11 million people, I guess, well, across the country. I think it was more than in. that. Cool, it could have been, well, I said rough because we're yeah. obviously not accounting to venues and such, but well, that's not, an incredible. Um, not, Optus Sport, for some reason, don't put out their ratings because they're obviously not a part. So, yeah. It's an so that, 11 million. That's, so 11 million, that's seven, seven plus alone and plus uh, televisions I think, yeah, across. I think you need to add seven plus as well. You know, that's yeah. included in oh, that okay. 11 yep. figure. But, um, that, but that 11 figure doesn't count for Optus Sport. That is no. impressive. That's impressive. So it could be well, like nearly 20 million, our whole nation. Could be. Uh, maybe, maybe, but uh, it's still like w- when you think about it, like grand finals are half of that, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it has overtaken some of the Olympics from 2000 now, um, and some of those moments. So it's just generally incredible and something I've never seen before um, in, in such a way. Um, and for a sport I care about a lot, it was really exciting. How how were you? Where were you to watching the game on um, on Wednesday night? Oh, I was at Fed Square. Got lured by a few uni mates, and they didn't show up, so got stitched up by um, Galen. Anyway, yeah, no, I do have um, <laughs> some things to talk about that, but He's I'll leave that to the end of this. Too, Sam. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> um, uh, Liam, where were you? I was at Amy Park. I yep. did want to go to Fed Square, but they locked the gates. Um, obviously, later the gates were well, broken. Yes, and, and now um, it's not going to be a live site anymore. Yes, but yes, I was no, we'll get about <laughs> twenty minutes late to the game at Amy, but eventually got there. Yeah, no, I, I thought because I was at Amy too, and I thought that was incredible. Uh, never been at a full stadium before where there's no event actually being played there. <laughs> it was a little bit weird, wasn't it? Um, um, and I think the way that the crowd was, um, where we were sitting in the environment, it did it did make for really like it was the best you were going to get without actually being at the game. I think uh, crowd wise, like we stood up and sung the national anthem. Everyone stood up still. Um, no, it was great. It was great. Jason, where did you see it? I've got bad news for you, Sam. Oh no! Don't <laughs> tell me you didn't watch it. I was at a gig on Wednesday, oh, no. and I asked. Who the is bar- this band? Name and shame. And I asked that you've met them, the person. <laughs> By the way, oh, Sam. So uh, yeah, I was in Brunswick Street, Fitzroy, and I asked the bar staff, "Is there a monitor for the Matildas?" And they went, "Nah." And I was like, "You got to be kidding!" On the biggest night, occasionally. No, sorry. Yeah, and you, uh, you should have rescheduled. Whoever this band was, you were not more important uh, than the Matildas. I'm sorry. Must have been a low crowd. It was a low yeah, crowd. Okay. It was a low crowd. There was <laughs> ten in the Jason. audience. No, there was ten in the audience, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were getting. Re- I got regular updates through my friend who was on oh, their phone, and. Yeah, uh, at the end of one set, I was going, England 1-0 up, everyone. Oh, no. Uh, that's the best I could do. I have watched the highlights, however. What a goal by Sam Kerr. Yeah, well, Fed Square erupted when Sam Kerr scored that. I think multiple flares were um, thrown all at once. Well, so. okay. I'll, I was avoiding because I wanted to get to the sad, the angry point later, oh, but oh, this yeah. is where I'm going to have to turn a sour <laughs> note just for the minute. We'll talk about all the positive stuff. Uh, I've set you up. You knock me down. Um. Yeah, it's really disappointing that these halfwits are bringing the sport down again. And I'm sick of seeing on Twitter and all these people complaining, oh, it's just a media spin. Uh, but 
I care about this sport a lot, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people mm. do. And for you to crap on it, uh, how dare you after the Matildas put put it in such a great position for the sport to grow? Um, and, and yes, yes, over the years, okay, some media stories have been negative and want to find the bad things. Uh, but I think there's just no excuses, and these people who are not fans, they are they stop pretending they are because they're not. They're coming in there, bashing through, causing trouble, injuring people. Uh, it is they're a cancer on the sport, and I, I hate to say it like that, but it literally what it is. Um, uh, and it really upsets me every time because it, it means something to me, and I, I want this sport to be talked about in a positive way and not in a negative way. And these people need to be shut out of the game, whether they're banned from memberships from coming to the A-League or, or wherever it is, uh, it just needs to be stopped because na- look what I'm doing. We're talking about it now when we should be talking about the Matildas uh, and their f- fantastic efforts. So unfortunately for those who are actually enjoying themselves at Fed Square um, and we, we, we had a great setup when we walked through, yeah, um, all the little kiosks and things and they were having live stuff on stage. Um, so Fed Square are the only two location now for both the, fa- uh, the final and the... But I just think it's you mean Amy disgusting. Park. Yeah, Amy yeah, Park, yeah. sorry. Um, can I just add on that quickly? I was fearing for my safety there because the people that, you know, went through the barricades all stampeded. It was like yep. that Lion King scene and you had to, like, grab onto <laughs> each other for, like, your safety. And then one flea was right above me and it, like, it was going to come right down and it just hovered up there for, like, 10 seconds. So, yep. like, you just didn't know, like, where to look or, you know, to be alert the whole time. Same like, thing when I was at the Argentina game last year and the exact same thing happened. People broke through the barricades um, and people were just piffing it at the screen. One of the pixels actually got damaged um, and then they landed on the roof so the smoke... You couldn't even yeah, watch the game. And it was just just horrible. So <laughs> I wasn't going back there this year, uh, and I'm not, I'm not surprised it's happened again. But uh, yes, no, I, I hate to bring it on this negative note, but uh, we will get to more we'll of the positive stuff, that, yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you still want to enjoy um, Amy Park has been a fantastic spot to watch there, but you just got to get in early, especially if you've got bad as eyesight as I do. Mm. Um We'll start off, and um, we'll stick with the football world. Football Australia is hoping to um, the exploits of the Matildas at the Women's World Cup can put the nation in the box seat to beat emerging superpower Saudi Arabia for hosting rights to the 2026 Women's Asian Cup. James Johnson's organisation had been ambitious in its desire to bid for hosting rights for the Men's World Cup in 2034 and the revamped Club World Cup in 2029, but the Women's Asian Cup in 2026 looms as a much more attainable proposition for the uh, for Football Australia following record crowds and viewing figures at this year's World Cup. A successful bid would extend this window for a major growth in the Australian game, which is really being turbocharged by the women's game, Johnson said. So I think that's really um, exciting. I think FIFA in themselves were shocked. Uh, we've often been forgotten about, uh, especially, you know, with Europe and stuff. We've been the last kind of nation that we think about when it comes to football. But I think we've sh- shown FIFA and the world that we can hold a tournament and break records without, without, without it even being in some of our biggest stadiums in the country. Imagine if they were. We'd be just competing with other codes as well. Yes. So mm-hmm. I, I think uh, FIFA might favour us as... Um, uh, a more attractive bid option in years to come because I hope one day we get a men's World Cup. It would be fantastic. It would be honestly oh, be, crazy. be amazing. Uh, and I'm sure they could shuffle things around if that ever happened. If we went back into the vault here, just my question to you, Sam, is uh, was this hesitancy of the points that you just made there a reason as to why 2022 didn't go Australia's way all the way back in 2010 when we made the bid then? Um, uh, I'm trying to think back to what happened with that. Uh I think we got bitted out of it, and, and, and at that time there was a lot of corruption yeah. in FIFA yes. and stuff, that mm. sort of stuff as well. But I think infrastructures and stuff, we weren't sure if we were. Uh, I mean, that was before maybe we even had Amy Park built. Right, okay. Possibly. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think back. So, But yeah, it um, is worth addressing that, yes, during that time FIFA were, were not exactly the cleanest of organisations. And no, probably still no. are to this, very, to this very day and they need restructuring. <laughs> but uh, but Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey! What a run! There you go, FIFA. Give us the Asian. Give us the next World yep. Cup. 
You've and uh, hopefully we get the Asian Cup. That'd be good. We will talk Women's World Cup next, of course. We will break down that game a lot more, but more news here. Boomers defeated South Sudan, the Australian basketball team, 88-67 to last night um, at oh, it's a Rod Laver Arena. Uh, a couple of their warm-up games before they head off to Japan. They've already flown off today. Uh, a few early results this week. Brazil uh, actually defeated us 86-90. to uh, And the first game this week was Venezuela 97-41. to And poor old Jock Landau. He hasn't travelled with the team to Japan today. His ankle injury is uh, flared up again. Uh, he missed the first two practice games, uh, but he played last night and went down pretty early on. Um, uh, so the right ankle again, so that's being scanned. Um, so unfortunately for him, with two warm-up games left against France on Sunday and Georgia on Tuesday, just eight days before the opening World Cup FIBA match against Finland, marks the fourth time the Boomers have had lost their starting centre to injury in the last six major FIBA tournaments. So... That's pretty interesting. Jerry, how do you feel? We seem to seem a bit unlucky with our basketball team. Yeah, well, in previous years, it's been Bogut getting injured, you know. Simmons, Landau, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just ridiculous. But um, hopefully Landau can recover in time. You know, it's an ankle, so it could be like two weeks. You never know. But yeah. Now, forgive me. I'd, I'd love... Jack White an opportunity. Yeah, well, he's shown, um, wow. I, I, to be honest, the only Jack White I knew in the world was uh, the one from the, the White Seven Nation Army, yes. Yeah. But, uh, wow, another one coming through. Um, and I was very impressed. Someone's going to have to fact-check me here and get the, the name. But there was a 16-year-old that played for South Sudan yesterday who was like eight foot or something. He was absolutely huge. Uh, he is going to be an NBA yeah. superstar in years to come. <laughs> the stuff that he did. He's 16, um, so look out for all him growth. during this FIBA World Tournament, uh, which all kicks off uh, August 25th uh, with Australia's game first against Finland. So straight out of the World Cup and into the World Cup of Basketball, uh, which is very exciting. And lest we forget, netball champions too, Australia, oh, winning yes. the World Cup there. Doing okay. I mean, if, if, if the Matildas were going to get a public holiday, surely we've got to celebrate the Netball World Cup too. Yes. Jerry, a uh, few more retirees in the AFL. Yeah, well, the big one would probably be Jack Revolt, obviously retiring during the week, um, follows Trent Cochin. He won three premierships, two-time Coleman medalist, um, played over 300 games, so superstar. You got another one, Liam? Yes, yeah, so... Adelaide Crows winger Paul Seisman has announced his retirement from the game due to ongoing concussion issues, which is very unfortunate. He has missed the last two years with the issue. He made the All-Australian uh, All squad of 40 in 2021, so he was a really good player. So disappointing loss for the Crows. He played 49 games for Collingwood and then moved over to SA and played 83 really good ones. So um, good career, Paul Seisman. Collingwood and Adelaide. Adelaide, yes. Yes. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, I wonder, I mean, there probably is a stat, probably one of those useless useless AFL stats from that Facebook page, but there seems to be a fair chunk of players retiring this year. I don't know if it's the average amount or if it's just because it's been in the last couple of weeks, but it does seem a lot. Clubs turning to youth, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially some that are in position like Richmond and West Coast who mm. look for a, more of a rebuild. Exactly. Um, but great careers. Um, and last story here. So uh, Swimming Australia is um, having a emergency kind of big meeting uh, after the World Aquatics threatened to remove Swimming Australia's membership because of what it, because of what it saw as the sports governance problems. Uh, the message from the governing body is abundantly clear. If we don't make these necessary changes, then our standing in sports is in jeopardy, Swimming Australia President uh, Michelle Gallen said in a statement. These changes are aimed at our members and bringing much needed and call for change and stability to how our sport is governed. That seems bizarre that something like swimming that we do so well as is not being governed correctly according to the world. But from what I understand too is that they have 90 days to reach this decision 
decision. And if they do not reach this decision, uh, li- well, I guess it's their representation gets revoked. So, therefore, you might see a case of Australia don't get properly represented, at, say, at an Olympic level and will have to mm. be under a different uh, committee name. Not, I'm not going to compare it to the Russian Olympic Committee because they got um, done in for a <laughs> similar thing, which was doping, of course. A bit different. But yeah, I, I don't no, it's, a, it's a completely different thing. Yes. But I'm just mi- trying to imply that could be a variation of representation that you get. It won't be Australia. It maybe could be Australian Swimming Committee or something like that. That's what the uh, Aquatics Australia, uh, World Aquatics is putting upon Swimming Australia, and that's what they're staring at right now. So hopefully that gets resolved soon. Okay. Liam, last some stories from you? Yes. Yeah, so soccer transfers, this is a big one. So PSG and Al Harley have officially confirmed the signing of Neymar Jr. for wow. 90 million euros, which is around $98 million. So he'll join. I cannot believe this league. It is yeah, incredible. I didn't expect this many players <laughs> would fall this quickly. It's unbelievable. What um, what can you say? And Neymar really? was close to the Ballon d'Or multiple years in the um, mid to our 2010, so this do you, is huge. Do you think it was a good decision signing Neymar for PSG? They wanted him to, him and Mbappe to be the difference in making Champions mm-hmm. League finals and winning them, but unfortunately they didn't. They're not there to be winning league earns. I mean, you can already do that. Yeah, it's well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, yes, they don't play in the Champions League, um, unless <laughs> unless they move to Europe and buy mm. a bit of land. I don't know. <laughs> it's an interesting one, that league. It's just really crept up um, really in the background. And, I, I yeah, I'm just honestly shocked with the amount of players, and not just players, managers as well. Um, so that's going to be something to look out for. And uh, poor Kevin De Bruyne. Yes, so Manchester City midfielder Kevin De Bruyne is out for up to <laughs> four months. With the hamstring injury. Oh, so, great. Sam, not great. No. What are the replacements, do you think? Well, we've got a few new midfielders. It's it's definitely an interesting spot to lose a player in, especially a significant one of his calibre, because uh, we have brought some new players in. So we've got Mateo Kovacic from Chelsea. Okay. Um, that's already got his first... Rodri m- as well. Yeah, yeah, but I, I would say he's more defensive, yeah. uh, even though he scores a lot. But... Uh, he, um, that interesting attacking kind of midfielder. We did sign someone else from RB Leipzig who played his first game. Um, oh, it kind of sounds like Guardiola, but it's not. Um, <laughs> Guardiola or something. Um, uh, and he had a pretty good first game. Man City actually won uh, the Super UEFA Super Cup um, on Tuesday morning. Uh, sorry, yesterday morning. Um, uh, against Sevilla, uh, Sevilla yep. yes. So the winner of the Champions League and the winner of the Europa League faced each other and uh, Man City won. So a few of those new players have already got a medal. <laughs> Not played very long. Um, all right. Well, we better get to our first song. We will talk more FIFA Women's World Cup next. It's not completely over for the Matildas. We've still got one more game and a third spot to uh, go against uh, with Sweden. We'll talk about that. Not only that, we also haven't actually dissected the game too. So we'll be doing a proper in-depth review of that as well as previewing the, the race for third. That's all coming up next on the Sports Desk in your Friday evening on Sin. Odyssey, Beck and Phoenix on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. It's time to talk about the FIFA Women's World Cup. And yes, it is a sad moment. We are going to be reviewing Wednesday night's game uh, against England and Australia's first ever semi-final in a World Cup. Uh, An amazing position to be in uh, and just immensely proud. Um, I'm trying to find... I put put out a thing um, after the game, a pretty raw tweet um, and posts... Uh, where is it? Uh, so immensely proud. They've done wonders for the sport in this country that will change it forever. Yeah, the girls. That's what I wrote after the game. That's it. So you've just quoted your own tweet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll never do that again. <laughs> is that what you've just done? Yes, I've yeah. done that. So but it was no. a 3-1 defeat to uh, the Matildas uh, from England. Um, a gallant, uh, I think, defeat. Uh, I think maybe, and I mean, especially us on the sports desk, maybe a little, maybe because I hadn't, maybe covered them or I hadn't really watched England to be honest much during the World Cup was following a lot of other teams uh, but I had no idea they were on a 38 game winning streak um, and then the last game that they won uh, that they lost was us in a friendly yeah. last year so um, how did you see the game Jerry? 
Well, the first half, like, after conceding that goal, like, the Matildas, I feel like, put all their eggs in one basket to score that second goal, where Sam Kerr, you know, from outside the box, a wonderful, you know, finesse shot. That was mind-boggling bar. watching that. S- such a great moment. Oh, it's it's such a great moment. You never forget where you were when she scored that yeah. goal, 100%. Yeah. And then afterwards, it was just sloppy defending, like... Carpenter's one, like, she mm. could have just cleared it out straight away, but she tried to take a touch and then obviously didn't fall to her and tap in for England. And then after that, it was game over. She Carpenter's probably the one. I had to, I mean, we are, and don't get me wrong, we love their performance uh, the whole tournament, but I'd say probably Carpenter's probably not been at her best this World Cup tournament. Mm. Um, seen her do a lot better in previous things. Um, uh, and I think we really missed Alana Kennedy not playing. She apparently was ill. Uh, and then she was concussed, actually. Conc- yeah, late so concussion or something. Of a, this Saturday's game as well. Yeah, okay. Well, that's yeah. really disappointing because I felt she was a pretty solid unit down back. And, yeah, you're definitely right with the defence. I felt we... I, I don't know what it was, whether just the way England were playing, we, we were just defensely unmatched and were a bit rattled with things. Um uh, it was a kind of different game style that we kind of had faced because we are very we are very much an attacking side compared to a lot of teams that do play very defensively, mm. um, and it was hard to stop. And yeah, those some of those mistakes were very crucial for setting up some of England's goals. Even just quickly, our bench. Um, like I was a bit disappointed when uh, Van Egmont came on. Uh, Kerr would have crossed it in and then she was on the wrong side of her post so on the far post if you're coming in making a run you should be very central that's what I was taught playing striker like growing up so yep. that's why England cleared that it could have been an easy tap in if you know Kerr was on the end of that but she was crossing it um, so yeah I feel like our bench players just haven't stepped up as much this World Cup compared to England. You saw that final goal. She was yeah. one of the substitutes. So. R- rotating the squad was something we probably haven't done enough. Um, uh, especially, I mean, and that doesn't help when the substitutions are very late in the game, uh, which they were often throughout the tournament. Um, but, uh, look, it's, it's a massive spot to kind of grow. Uh, and a first attempt for... Um, a home World Cup, um, and I think, and we forget Australia is so behind in in funding, uh, and so to get where we are against England, who have had years of this, um, and, and a solid base and stuff, so to even match them uh, where we are now, it just shows there's so much potential for this country. Liam, how'd you see the game? Yeah, for me, I think England just had a bit more polish, even. Toon's first goal, top bins, really great finish. And then Russo's bottom left corner goal was superb. So uh, Australia had their chances if they had a chance of creating extra time. Kerr missed one in the 80th minute and then Russo a couple minutes later scored. So I would have liked Vine to go on pretty much a little bit earlier. Mm. I thought when she got on eventually, I thought she was really good. Uh, Created a lot of opportunities, but yeah, too strong for England. I mean, too strong for Australia, I should say. But um, I'd love to see more W League crowds um, come over because of this World Cup. I'd love to see more Yeah, well, that's the big thing, right? Like, 11 11 million people tuned in to watch this across the country, uh, plus... um, and we really want to see that the growth of the game and the W League um, and the A League when it kicks off uh, in a couple of months' time. We want to, we want to see the growth. We 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 had a similar thing last year where the Socceroos did the massive effort and everyone was all excited, and then that horrible thing happened at the Melbourne Derby, and then people didn't go to any games and the the crowd suffered. Um, so I think. That's definitely uh, a big thing. So if, you, if you've enjoyed watching the Matildas, go out and watch a W League game. Go support or even go to your local club uh, because they need your support the most. Uh, and I think hopefully we see um, some changes in the funding uh, because I, I don't know why. For some reason, um, playing football as a sport if you're a kid is the most expensive sport I think it's a couple thousand dollars if you if you're a young kid wow. and you want to sign MPL, up yeah. um, which is insane you only Where, need boots <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's bizarre compared well, to fees well. for playing AFL um, or basketball it's not as expensive as football so I think that's a, I don't know if that's a funding issue because they've got a 
balance out. I, I don't know how it works, but I think they need to fix that up because there's going to be a lot of kids around the country. Um, uh, and, and we're going to see a change, I think. Um, so many people will be wanting to play football. Uh, it was amazing. I saw, uh, after I did footy training the other week, um, I saw a little boy in a Matilda's kit and it just made me smile because yeah, you're seeing yeah. the effects of it right there and there. Um, uh, not just to, I mean, I mean, it's been amazing what the girls have done for girls who want to um, succeed in sport uh, and football especially. So uh, well, it's a shame, but we have a massive game still, so it's not completely over. We've got a third place game against Sweden. Uh, so I think pull your heads up higher. I, th- I think we'll bounce back. Uh, yes, it hurts, um, but I think t- to get third place in a World Cup That'd be massive. We would have taken that. Yeah, any day of Any day. Before the tournament, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a massive achievement, um, uh, and in greater sense, it's done amazing stuff for this country, um, and uh, it's going to be, yeah. Give them a standing ovation at the end of that game, because they've earned it. Yeah. Consider the adversity too, Sam. They hadn't qualified for how many years was it? Like, wow. To make it to third... Uh, well, no, the Matildas no, have played the last couple of World Cups. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. But, Just yeah, we've never made the semi-final. Yeah. No. True, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, semi-final. It's, it's, some teams don't get there for hundreds of years. So mm, yeah. Just admire the journey they took to get here. It was great. Uh, third place, podium finish, all is well. So, yeah, third place game. It'll be 6 p.m. against Sweden, as we know. So, no Alana Kennedy. Um, not sure of any more team changes, but it's just going to be a celebration. Um, uh, and uh, don't underestimate Sweden, though. They've been a massive part, and I think they'll be feeling a bit hurt as well after their defeat to Spain 2-1 um, on the weekend as well. So uh, On Tuesday, sorry. Um, so they will be a bit hurt too, but I think, uh, well, it's a good opportunity for Australia to finish strong. What does everyone foresee Sweden doing in this game? Well, I think we're similar in the way that we play. We're both a very attacking. Uh, so I think on that respect, it's going to be uh, very exciting, a bit of a shootout. Um, uh, hopefully see a lot of goals to finish off with. Um, and then, of course, the massive World Cup final, Spain v England, 8pm on Sunday night. The World Cup final uh, from um, Stadium Australia as well. Uh, the match for third place will be in Brisbane at Lang Park. Uh, so that's going to be amazing. How do we see Spain v England? It's uh, This is a, definitely a heavyweight battle. Uh, I think Spain's performance and from their couple of games uh, in the last couple of weeks have just been impressive. Um, winning uh, against Sweden. Uh, some of the goals the sub came on and scored. Uh, I think they've really looked good and they've shown exciting kind of game style. Uh, so I think they're going to bring the pressure to England, but we can't count out England. As much as it hurts, they played very well. They really outplayed us. Mm. I still think it's um, England to lose because Spain um, on paper here has never been in England. So there have been five draws and two wins for the Poms. So last meeting was um, last year and England won 2-1. So I expect a close one, but England should win maybe 1 or 2-0. Yeah, Plus. I think England. They were superb, as you said, Sam. And 38 wins in a row, didn't you say? <laughs> yeah, I think it was that, if that's, I'm not mistaken. It was a lot of games in a row into the, the build-up of the final, which I did not even know about, but we should have known about. They defended really well, England, so I think defence will often win, uh, they, Jason. They won the Euros, of course, England, yep. so um, this was going to be the next step up. And, of course, winning the Euro- Euros, the massive competition that that is at Wembley, was a massive leg up for them. Um, so that, it's going to be tough to beat. Uh, very going to be a close final, I reckon. So out of personal spite, I'll go Spain. <laughs> <laughs> to so be fair, I think a lot of people around the country will agree I with think, you that way. I think most Australians are going to be cheering on yes. Spain. So, But here at this desk, we're implying that the English are going to be singing It's Coming Home by the end of Sunday night. Well, I don't know. I don't know oh, if it's going to be so easy. Well, it's a World Cup final. Hope so. I'll be like the rest of Australia and go for Spain, just out of personal spite. But Australia will play the Matildas final game for third place against Sweden in Brisbane, 5pm on Saturday, and the World Cup final on Sunday uh, at 8pm. So Matildas will clap them off. It's going to be an amazing thing. And I can't wait for the next tournament. If we if we can get the bid for this Asian, uh, Asian, Asian Cup. Women's Cup to come here as well. 
just it's only going to get bigger. It is only going to get bigger, these football tournaments, in the next couple of years, and I cannot wait for it. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking AFL, the last two rounds of AFL. Wow, we are getting close to the wire on the final eight. That's all coming up. Uh, as we head to the break, though, a celebration for the Matildas so far and what's been an amazing World Cup uh, and memories that will last a lifetime. <laughs> And some massive Matilda's memories there. Uh, that oh, wow! How did you feel just hearing those highlights back? Because uh, definitely moments uh, Australia will remember where you were. Where we were watching all over. Maybe mm. not Barnaby Joyce watching the wrong game. Pew pew pew! Shooting from the hip. Uh, it's time to talk AFL now. How can we after this week? My goodness! I know it's and it's it's not just some easy games to get to. It's the last two ground, sorry, the last two rounds of an amazing twenty-four round season. Uh, that's probably been the closest in the in the millennium. Millennium. Well, we would have had twenty-four <laughs> rounds millennium. when uh, <laughs> we would have had around about twenty-four rounds when Gold Coast came in in twenty eleven as, as to equate for a weekly buy. But uh, yes, this might be the first time we've had round twenty-four in. 
that amount of time. I don't know. I think 22-23 is enough. Yeah, I think 18, everyone plays each other once, makes it fair, similar to the 2020 corona... uh, yeah, how do you say? COVID, COVID pandemic. Yeah. We've already forgotten about it. <laughs> All right, massive Friday night footy game tonight. Collingwood versus Brisbane Lions. Two hours and ten minutes to this at Marvel Stadium. And this preview from our favourite voiceover man at Channel 7. <laughs> well, there we go. They have been knocking in this premiership window, the Brisbane Lions, for a while now. And it's been definitely the question with Chris Fagan. Uh, when's something going to happen? Because they've had a lot of thrillers where they've gone out in prelims. Uh, but two hours and seven minutes. All straight sets too. Yes, ins and outs. Collingwood have named Jacob Ryan. Steel side bottom comes back in. Out Bobby Hill. Darcy Moore comes out as well. And Jordan Degoe. Brisbane Lions have named Caden uh, Coleman. Out Jack Gunston, of course, with an injury. And Jackson Pryor. How do we feel about this clash at Marble Stadium? Jerry, we'll start off with you. Ooh, I think the top of the table clash could be a very close one. A few outs for Collingwood with Bobby Hill, JDG. Um, but Gunston as well is huge, so... I reckon Collingwood might win by three or four goals, but close game. Yeah, I'm tipping an upset here. I think Brisbane will win. I just don't know where the goals will come. In Collingwood's perspective, they'd need Check or McStay to kick a bag against Jackson Payne and Harris Andrews are having a fantastic year. So I think Brisbane with Darcy Moore out. Yeah, interesting one. I love that this is at uh, Marvel Stadium. Fans have been in uproar about, mm. <laughs> about it not being at the G this week, but Collingwood play plenty of games at the MCG, so ah. I'm sure they can suffer this one. And with the <laughs> weather, you know. That came from somewhere deep inside you there, Sam. <laughs> no, I was watching a clip this week of Eddie Maguire. He was not happy. Ah. <laughs> ah. Uh, so, yes, no, interesting one. And Brisbane have had a few thrillers against there against Collingwood. There was, of course, the Zach Bailey yep. goal after the siren from a couple of years ago. Uh, but, yes, Brisbane, I think the pressure is on them a bit because, we, we, I mean, they've kind of been hidden away because a lot of the stuff going with the bottom of the eight, we've kind of forgotten about Brisbane, how they're in this position again, and they definitely need to continue. They, they've probably... Um, well, they've got the talent this year. Gunston, I'm sure, is going to hurt them because he's been a great pickup for them this year. Uh, and I think a few players need to be uh, solid. Uh, and, I mean, obviously he's the barometer for Brisbane Lions. Joey Danaher, if he's up and firing, well, they're going to be going as well. And Charlie Cameron, of course. So uh, I think this is even territory at Marvel Stadium. It would be good to uh, see. Uh, Jerry, can you actually find us a record of games at Marvel with Lions and Collingwood, if you can? <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously the Zach Bailey one, as you said. Zach Bailey, as they uh, said, last time they met was at the Gabba and Brisbane won that. Yep. Uh, I think it would have been, was it Collingwood that won the last encounter in 2022? It would have to have been. I like Jerry's point of it being possibly a close game, but who's the team that win close matches? Well, the last time I played at Marvel, um, Brisbane won by a point in 2021 during that lockdown season. So. Yep. Yeah, wow. partially lockdown season. Uh, but who wins the close games now, Jerry? Who wins the close games now? Well, um... <coughs> Sorry, Brisbane won. It's a rhetorical question, Jerry. Collingwood win, yeah. and that's my tip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they bounced back last week, but I still, still, I don't know. This is, it seems, and I'm sure they want revenge, Collingwood, against because they went down to. They were the first team this year to beat Collingwood. Yes, they were. Was that the Gabba though? So if they the can Gabba. get a top two spot, Brisbane, they can. They're almost impossible to beat at the Gabba. So going back to my preseason predictions, I think we'll pull out uh, last week. We'll go to one of our first shows, but I, I had Brisbane top of the ladder. Is now that, I think that's a bit stretched out of question now. No, it's Collingwood. Collingwood in daylight in terms of first and second. Uh, I think yeah, we'll have to go back into the All right. to So tips that, for tonight, Collingwood, Brisbane. Brisbane, all right, two for two. That's 7.50 tonight, Marble Stadium. Tomorrow kicks off 1.45, Richmond v North Melbourne. Ins and outs for Richmond, Jacob Hopper and Trent Cotchin out. Jacob Bauer, uh, Matthew Coltard, Ryan Mansell. North Melbourne have in Daniel Howe, Hugh Greenwood, Tom Powell and Will Phillips out. Ben Cunnington, uh, and I mean, that's his last game gone last week, was it? Yeah, it was. Okay, Charlie Lazaro, George Wardlaw comes out as well. Interesting one there. Jackson Archer and Jaden Stevenson uh, is injured. And, of course, the retiring games for uh, Jack Revolt and Cotchin. Also, Jerry pointed out, Jack Zebel too. Yeah, final game for Jack Zebel. He mm. won't be travelling to Hobart next week. So. Okay. 
Overbiss. Definitely an interesting one. Uh, they played a, I think, close catch, close match early on in the season. I'm trying to remember. Um, no, we haven't played Richmond this year. It was last year when we okay. beat him by four points. Cam yep. Zerho for match winner. That was the most entertaining finish I'd ever seen in a very long Marvel. time. Not too many games at the MCG for North, so you can be getting out there, Jerry? Um, no, I've got a race oh, no. tomorrow, so okay. unfortunately not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to take, I, I think, unfortunately, sorry, um, I've gave North Chance a couple of weeks in my tips the last couple of weeks, and uh, I think Nick, uh, I mean... Revol- uh, sorry, Jack Revolt. <laughs> Jack Revolt be- being sent off in his Link final game. Good. It's going to spur him a win at the G, I think, in a disappointing year for the Tigers and for the Roos. Jerry, I'm with Sam. I've given North a few tries, but I think it's Richmond's week. Yeah, I, I think watching last week against with the Tigers, I think they checked out a little bit, but hopefully they can lift for Jack Revolt and Trent Conchin's final game. So I think Richmond... Yeah, we're getting done, unfortunately. I, f- I hope Jack Z will get the send-off he would like, but yeah. I'm sure he will. 2.10pm, uh, Gold Coast Suns and Carlton from Metricon. Sta- well, not Metricon anymore. It's Heritage Bank Stadium in the Gold Coast. Gold Coast have named Alex Sexton, uh, Braden Fiorini, Connor Budrick, Lloyd Johnston and Mabiel Chol. Out comes Darcy McPherson, Elijah Hollands, James Sassas, uh, Jai Farrar, Nick Holman and Sam Day. Carlton. In, Harry Mackay. Out, Ed Kerno comes out as a sub, and Lockie Fogarty does the switch with Harry Mackay. Liam and Jerry. One, two, three, Carlton. Carlton. Gold Coast. Oh. Really? Oh, no, Jerry, come on. Is that worth a chicken, Liam? He's, yep, chicken. Gold Coast tip, Jerry. Yeah, Why well, is that? At, um, Show you Gold working. Coast, and I feel like Carlton haven't, you know, travelled the best this year, so... We'll see. Your retort, oh. Sam. Um, I'm trying to think in this eight game where we've won. Oh, um, not the eight games like earlier this year. When yeah, when they last played, that's the game that they really got going, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was against Gold Coast. That's yeah. what started the run. But that was at the was MCG. At Marvel, mate. Was it? Yeah, yeah, MCG. MCG. That oh. game was. Um, and I'm sick of hearing this about um, Harry Mackay all week that he's going to destroy destroy what Carlton are doing uh, and that he needs to be sold off to Melbourne according to some uh, because he's not going to fit in the team anymore Uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous how he does not make this team better is blasphemy it is the most ridiculous things I've ever heard Uh, and I think especially maybe it has been a positive thing for both of them at separate times to uh, balance themselves out without each other being in the team and really getting to work that well um, and get the smalls going. Uh, so now that they back, if they can get a perfect balance of both of them and the smalls, it could be the most dangerous forward line in the comp. Motlop and Martin are terrifying to watch. Just as an op- you know, sitting as an opposition, they they're on fire right now. Uh, Carlton for me still, uh, and I'd say comfortably. Blues, ninth in a row. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say about maybe three or four goals. Um, I don't want to let this game slip, but I just think the way we've been rolling and we can see see the, the, the finals coming. Oh, I cannot wait to play a montage of Sam's peaks and valleys of Carlton this year. <laughs> Giants and Essendon, 4.35. Speaking of peaks and trolleys, <laughs> Giants and Essendon. Brent Daniels comes in for the Giants as well as Toby Bedford. Out Jacob Weir, Nick Haynes and Tommy McMullen. Essendon have named Jake Stringer and Sam Draper. Out to Kane Baldwin, Nick Bryan and Will Snelling. Ah, Nick Bryan's out. That's a shame. <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, here's what I'm going to say, because uh, at this point, I've got to be a bit more sincere here. Essendon look like a wounded horse right now that are trying to masquerade as if they're fine. And what I want GWS to do, because let's deal with best case scenario. Best case scenario, you sneak into eighth. I'm not letting the kill shot go to Carlton in an elimination final. Okay, the, the moderate <laughs> the moderate best scenario is you win in Western Sydney and then Collingwood deliver the kill shot in round 24 on a Friday oh, night no. in front of the nation. I don't think most fans would want that. So my message to the Essendon Football Club is, actually, it's to GWS, do the right thing. <laughs> deliver <laughs> the kill shot. I would much rather bow out to the Giants than Collingwood. <laughs> do are, the yeah. right thing, Giants. Put it's two in the chamber and put it straight through their heads. Whoa, okay, that's a bit graphic. Okay, um, didn't mean that. Um, but yes, that. the Giants vying 10th v 9th. Uh, the Giants really want uh, a finals position um, and uh, the loss last week um, 
against the Port Adelaide uh, power would be a massive blow for their confidence, but I feel like they'll bounce back here. And uh, Essendon, although they had, uh, for the last couple of rounds, probably better run than most probably teams, um, I think, yeah, it's a, a bridge too far for what they have to do with so many teams vying for the spot. So I think the Giants will win this comfortably. I think Essendon will get put down this weekend. See you later. <laughs> do the right thing, Giants. Yeah, I think <laughs> do the right play. thing. Oh, the Giants God. are in great form, way better than Essendon's. And it will be interesting to see if Dyson Heppel gets another contract. I thought he was integral in the last couple of minutes against North Melbourne last week. So Giants for me. It's weird how the best thing to happen to Dyson Heppel was losing the captaincy. Uh, <laughs> he was quite average until he gained it that back. Saturday night makes for an interesting um, clashes in terms of ladder positions and the final eight. So the first game on Saturday night, 7.25, St Kilda v Geelong, 6 v 11th. A very crucial game for St Kilda's final hopes. Hunter Clark comes out in for Geelong. Jed Buse and Tom Hawkins out. Brandon Parfit, Gary Rowan and Reece Stanley. Liam. Should be a good game Saturday nights. The winner probably plays finals definitely if St Kilda win. They only need one more out of their last two. But for me, it's all about the midfield. And that's something that both teams have struggled with the whole year. So whoever can win the midfield battle uh, should be able to win. Good to see Seb Ross back. I thought he was really good. And I expect Cooper Sharman to do a good job on Tom Stewart, who is very influential. So, uh, well, he's only Pats. influential when no one mans him, didn't it? Mm. Exactly, Liam. I mean, Jerry. Yeah, um, Liam didn't pay me to say this, but I think St Kilda should oh, yeah, win. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's at Marvel anyway. Geelong don't play the best there. If, if they're not out of their fortress, I feel like they're kind of third or fourth gear. So, with um, Hawkins coming in, it's huge. But St Kilda should get the job done. I'm going to disagree. I, I think I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the convincing uh, defensive game style is going to be enough. And I feel like this is kind of Geelong know the position they're in. Um, this is the late claw for finals. I think a bit of a wake up call after the Collingwood game last week. Uh, if they want any chance of scraping in, they've got to do this. Uh, to be honest, I don't think they play too bad at Marvel. I think the ground size is similar. It's definitely smaller than the MCG, so maybe that might suit them. Uh, but uh, definitely going to be a close one. So I'm going to say the Cats. I'll go Cats too. I'll go Cats too. More well-rounded. They'll surge a bit. The other Saturday night game, Adelaide Crows v Sydney Swans, 7.40 from the Adelaide Oval. Another tough one. Adelaide have named Isaac Rankin out, uh, Luke Nankervis and Luke Pedler. Sydney Swans, uh, Braden Campbell, Dan Rampey and Jack Buller comes in, out Aaron Francis, Joel Amati, Matt Roberts and Ryan Clark. Uh, Rankin coming in for the Crows. Very, very massive. 12th v 7th. Um, a bit of a harder spot now for Adelaide to get up there, but it's not impossible. Um, they've got a last game uh, next week against the Eagles, so this is the one they need to get done so they can slide in. Uh, but Sydney... Take a moment again, to admire Come out of run. nowhere. They're up to seventh now, and they've just crept up uh, where we've least expected them, um, an ebb and flow season. Uh, so definitely going to be one of the Sydney or Geelong to make the finals, which will be interesting. How do we feel about this one? I'm not sure who to pick, um, but I think the home ground advantage. Like Sydney have been playing well, don't get me wrong, but Adelaide also played well away from home last week in Brisbane. So with the likes of ranking coming back in, that's going to add another dimension to that forward line for Adelaide, um, which could be you know tough for like their defenders to handle Sydney. Yeah, it should be a great game. I think this is another one where the winner will make finals. Uh, if Adelaide win, they play West Coast, and with their percentage, mm. I think they'll make it. I think the Swans, I think it'll be a great game. Both a great ball movement team, so whoever can reduce the uncontested marks, I think will win. So I think Sydney. Sydney have Melbourne in the last round, which makes things interesting there as well. Um, and I'm just looking at Geelong and Saints game. So Saints play Brisbane in the last round. Um, and wow, massive game next week, Geelong and the Dogs. So look forward to that one as well. Sunday we move on to now. And uh, talking tip, about Sam? the Dogs. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll say Adelaide at home. I'll go Sydney. Adelaide. 
Uh, Sunday, the Dogs and the West Coast Eagles, they will be wanting to rectify uh, what was a horror loss uh, last week, which leaves the Dogs on the edge of the eight. So must win for the Dogs or they're in deep strife. They'll pull it off, I think. What's the margin? Anthony Scott comes in for the Dogs, out Arthur Johns, uh, and Tom Libertore injured. Uh, West Coast have named Jake Petrocelli, Ryan Merrick, out Greg Clark, Luke Flawley, and uh, Xavier O'Neill. Excellent, Dogs. Well, my call is um, if the Dogs win by 100, Adam Simpson might get sacked. <laughs> yeah, They're leaving th- it now. I think 100-point belting dogs, incoming. Dogs, uh, Melbourne Hawthorne, 3.20 Sunday afternoon at the G. Adam Tomlinson uh, comes in. Bailey Laurie as well. Out Brody, Grundin, J- Brody Grundy, sorry, James Jordan and Michael Hibbert. Hawthorne have named Max Ramsden. Uh, Ned Long out at Bailey McDonald, Chad Wingard and Mitch Lewis. Uh, Wingard, a big loss for the Hawks, but I'm surprisingly going to tip an upset here. I reckon they're going to no- get another scalp. Uh, not sold on Melbourne. Why? Uh, it's just been a combination of things throughout the year. Uh, scoring uh, and the forward line still a problem, I think. Uh, and Hawthorne has shown they can take it up to some of the big teams. Uh, they've been impressive. They've got nothing to play, nothing to lose here. Oh, you make you make a very compelling case. I'll go Melbourne, but get the popcorn out because I can't wait to see that. Jerry, I think Melbourne should win. Yeah, Melbourne for me. Okay. Uh, well, it's, I'm mainly backing them in because uh, if uh, Carlton win the last two and Melbourne lose the last two, top four is available. <laughs> Stretching it. Uh, The last game of the round, Fremantle and Port Adelaide from Optus Stadium. Bailey Banfield comes in for Frio as well as Tom Emmett. Out Josh Corbett, Michael Walters, uh, Neil Erasmus. Port Adelaide uh, made no changes except for the uh, uh, Francis Evans comes out. Uh, I think it's another solid win for the Crows. The power. Uh, The power. (laughs) And they will win, yes. Liam, Jerry? Yeah, I think the power. They're a very good team. Power. So it's going to be an interesting round 23 with lots um, lots of interesting situations that can be evolved and they're going, to have, they're going to have to have the live ladder throughout the whole round on the side of the screen. Surely they do that, uh, especially with the last two, because these final games are going to be interesting. It's a shame they're not played at the same time. It would be hilarious if you could see the uh, it just changing after every goal. Oh, no. <laughs> Too stressful, I think. For Um, fans and coaching staff alike, my goodness. So, yes, the Friday night footy, Collingwood and Brisbane kick off the round in one hour and 50 minutes. But that's where we leave things here on the sports desk. Um, And it's been a big thank you to all you for listening around the country and Melbourne. Catch the podcast, Sports Desk Sin, our social media. I've been Sam and Hennett, Jerry in. Of course, joined us as well as Liam Cole and Jason Evans. We'll see you on Monday at 5. For all your news, reviews and previews this AFL season, listen to the Sports Desk. Live Fridays and Mondays, 5pm on SIN, 90.7 FM and on syn.org.au.